Welcome to MIT Supply Chain Frontiers from the MIT Center for Transportation and Logistics. Each episode features center researchers and staff who welcome experts from the field for in-depth conversations about business education and beyond. Today, Ken Cottrell speaks with MIT CTL research scientist Matthias Finkenbach about the recently completed Amazon Last Mile Routing Research Challenge, where teams formed from around the world to compete and build data-driven route optimization models leveraging massive historical route execution data. Take it away, Ken. So welcome everyone to another Frontiers podcast. Uh, today our guest is Matthias Winkenbach, an MIT CTL research scientist and director of the MIT Megacity Logistics Lab. So welcome, Matthias. Thanks, Ken, for having me. On, on July the 30th, you announced the winners of the Amazon Last Mile Routing Research Challenge. Uh, perhaps you can start us off today by describing the challenge uh, the rationale behind it, and, and how MIT CTL supported the project. The Last Mile Routing Research Challenge was basically something that we always wanted to do uh, for many years already, because, I mean, we're coming from a traditionally operations research-driven field, right, where route planning is predominantly an optimization exercise. Um, but uh, throughout the years, with various projects, with various industry partners, we realized that um, optimization gets you far, but it doesn't get you as far as you would want to because of the true complexities that you are encountering in a real world operational environment. There's just so many things that are very hard, if not impossible to encode in an optimization model. And that's where the idea came up um, to think of data and to think of machine learning as a tool or a set of tools to unlock those kind of additional, I don't know, 20, 30, 40% of quality in route plans that you could never achieve given your traditional um, toolbox of, of operations research methods. Um, but in a way, we, we, we never really found the right partner to do it until uh, we realized that Amazon actually had a similar research interest in us um, and was also basically curious to learn more from their own data about what a good route actually looks like and how the data that they have about their routes and about the deliveries that they're making on a daily basis could be used to further improve um, the quality of their routes. And by improving the quality of a route, we're not necessarily speaking about coming up with cheaper or faster routes necessarily, because that's what traditional methods very much focus on, right? You, you have this kind of a single objective, which is usually like minimizing costs or minimizing distance, which never really captures the full picture, never really captures everything that you want to achieve in a good route plan. Because a good route plan is also one that is, for instance, perceived well by the driver, that allows the driver, for instance, to find suitable parking, that allows the driver to operate safely, and last but not least, also allows the driver to ideally avoid traffic in the sense that you don't go into a highly congested area if you already know that during that time of the day, it's going to be very hard to maneuver that space. And all of this, as I said, is very hard to encode in traditional optimization methods. And that's why we wanted to go the machine learning route and uh, try to come up with completely new ways or at least unconventional ways to think about route planning problems. And part of that unconventional approach then is to 
use this sort of contest type approach where you will collect ideas from different teams, right? Yes, I mean, in a way, this challenge by itself is also a little bit unconventional because traditionally we would do research all by ourselves. So we would have an MIT research team working together with typically a corporate sponsor and our team would basically um, do the research, work with the data of the sponsor and ideally come up with our solution to the problem. And um, this time, since this field is so new, there's very little research being done or at least being publicly available in this space of using machine learning in the context of route planning and route optimization. So we thought, well, we all by ourselves would probably not come up necessarily with the best uh, solution out there or the best ideas out there to basically uh, kickstart this area of research, which we believe has a lot of potential. We came up with the idea of doing this as a challenge. So basically to engage pretty much the entire research community to make it open to pretty much any researcher, any student out there, regardless of where they are and in which stage of the academic career they are, as long as they were academics and they were not doing this for a commercial purpose, they were able to participate in this, get access to the same massive data set that we would otherwise have gotten access to exclusively, and basically try to compete for finding the best solution or try to compete and come up with the best possible ideas of how to tackle this particular challenge. And I think this is an interesting approach to research because it kind of crowdsources ideas. Um, our intention behind kind of supporting Amazon with hosting this challenge was also not to, let's say, find the ultimate solution to the route planning problem that we're trying to solve in this challenge, but it's rather about sparking ideas and also letting different members of a team or even different teams cross-pollinate each other with ideas on how to tackle the problem. And we're gonna publish some of these ideas um, in later stages of the challenge as well, so that we can basically bring it out to the world and let other researchers in the future kind of build on these ideas to contribute to a growing research stream that hopefully eventually will get us much closer to what an actually good and sustainable and safe and efficient uh, route planning approach uh, would look like. Um, now, you mentioned machine learning, and I know that sort of distinguishes this project in many ways. M maybe you could just go into a little bit more detail as to how and why you use machine learning, what it actually brings to the table. We obviously didn't quite know ahead of time uh, how much it would actually be able to bring to the table. But the general idea behind uh, kind of encouraging people to use machine learning approaches to tackle this challenge was that we're living in a time where data about route operations, route execution, and also some of the kind of environmental context of route execution is abundantly available. So it's not like we'd, we wouldn't know how drivers are operating their routes on a daily basis today. And we also have ways of accessing uh, kind of public data sources that tell us something about real-time traffic conditions or real-time weather conditions, things like that. But as I said before, right, traditional optimization-based methods have a hard time to kind of systematically incorporate that information. And um, so to give you an example, if you look at route execution data for a certain area of demand across a larger time period, 
you will probably see patterns in there that are hard to explain based on a pure kind of optimization driven thinking. You will probably see that the drivers that operate in that area maybe avoid certain areas during certain times of the day, even though that seems suboptimal, even though that seems as if it's adding additional, additional mileage to their routes, but they're probably doing this for a reason. And kind of machine learning could actually help us detect those patterns and basically detect what drivers already know by looking at how they operate uh, in, in, in this area. So for instance, if drivers know that they can't find parking in a certain area during a certain time of the day, they would probably avoid this area during the time of the day anyway. And we can kind of capture that information and incorporate that into our future route plans such that the route plan doesn't even tell the driver to go there during that time of the day in the first place, but kind of already accounts for the fact that for whatever reason, the driver doesn't like that area during that time of the day. And similar logics could a similar logic could apply to other influences on safe and efficient route operations, like weather, like traffic and other things, or even customer availability. Usually the people on the ground know so much more about the individual customer than your route planning IT system. And um, that kind of knowledge we would like to use to further improve um, future route execution. See, okay. You've completed the project. So looking at this type of research generally, what do you think are the sort of pros and cons of this research method? Well, I mean, one thing that we see for sure is that um, we're still at the very beginning of let's say the use of data-driven methods and machine learning methods in what is traditionally known as hardcore optimization-based uh, problems. So in many of the submissions, for instance, that we received, we saw that people are still trying to combine the, let's call them the old school operations research approaches with the new and upcoming machine learning based approaches. And that's probably fine. You probably want to kind of combine the best of both worlds, right? Certain aspects of a route planning problem can probably still be most efficiently be tackled with um, a classical optimization approach. And maybe you just want to use machine learning to better calibrate these uh, optimization approaches or to further improve an initial solution that you found using traditional optimization. So that's 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 one thing that we see that we didn't really observe that many pure play machine learning solutions. We actually saw that many of the well-performing teams kind of combined both, both types of methods. We expect that a lot of research is going to come out of this in the next upcoming years because we're also going to make the data publicly available. So in the future, people can actually keep doing their research on this or related problems and kind of benchmark it with the solutions that were found during this challenge. And hopefully over time, people find better and better solutions and better and better methods to tackle these problems. And then um, kind of the other aspect that is new to the way we ran this project was kind of this crowdsourced approach. So this, this, this competition-based approach. And here, I would say it's it's been very successful because at MIT, we had the right resources in place to pull this off. Because in a way, this was new for us as well. And luckily we had a great team, not just on the research side, but also on the pure technical backend side that was able to support a global challenge of this magnitude. And 
not every research group, not every university has the people and the resources to do that. And it's probably not also not required. We went for this approach because we wanted to kind of kickstart this area of research and hopefully also other institutions around the world will benefit from this in the future. But let's say it comes with a high overhead of, let's say, administrative effort and also kind of infrastructure that needs to be in place to actually run such a global challenge smoothly, reliably, um, and also fairly. So I'd say conducting research in this way, in this kind of setup of a challenge, will probably remain an exception. I don't see this happening on a daily basis in the future, but sometimes it could be the best way to kind of spark the seed for an innovative approach to a well-established problem. And now that we've done it once, I could see us do this on a somewhat regular basis, maybe not every other month, but maybe every couple of years, we might want to kind of run such a competition again, maybe on slightly different problems, maybe focusing on slightly different methods. But now that we have the infrastructure and the know-how in place, um, I think we would be very well positioned to do this again. So depth of expertise, that, that's a lesson you learned. That, you know, obviously you need resources to be able to support this, this kind of project. Any other lessons that you learned that may be of use to any institution that might want to you know, attempt a similar approach? I mean, one important thing to keep in mind is obviously, as I, as I said before, right, you want to make sure that you are able to cater to the needs of a potentially very large group of participants in such a challenge. Initially, when we started the kind of sign-up period for this uh, challenge, we had thousands of applicants, thousands of people who were eligible to participate in this. And obviously, throughout the course of such a challenge, you always have a massive dropout rate. So at the end of the day, we ended with a couple of hundred active uh, participants out of this big pool of initial applicants. But still, this means you have to have the right resources in place to be able to respond quickly to any problem that may arise, but also to any kind of question that may arise. Because however hard you think about the problem ahead of time, there will always be questions that participants come up with that you haven't thought of before. And you can only kind of cater to a successful challenge if you're able to respond to, the, to, to such questions and, and inquiries quickly and efficiently. If you're not able to provide such a level of service, people will probably get dissatisfied with the challenge quite quickly, and that might then put the entire um, success of the, of the challenge at risk. And secondly, you wanna be fair, right? You wanna be able to communicate clearly what the objective of the challenge is. Aside from the pure research objectives, what are people going to be evaluated on? And we actually spent quite some thinking around that. We first wanted to also kind of um, give people a bonus if their solution was particularly innovative, for instance. But then very quickly, you run into the problem. How do you objectively evaluate innovation? Uh, innovation could mean coming up with a completely new method. But innovation could also mean just smartly combining existing methods. So which, which of the two would you prefer? And since we couldn't really answer that question for ourselves, we, we decided to go with the most objective evaluation criteria possible, which is a purely quantitative score that if, at the end of the day measures 
the quality of the route sequence that people came up with for uh, basically a relatively large number of routes that they had to solve for. And while this probably doesn't capture every single aspect of what might constitute a good or a not so good solution, it was the only way that we could think of to really do this evaluation objectively. And I think that's what counts if you're making setting this up as a challenge, because otherwise, if people feel that they're not evaluated fairly, that kind of could be detrimental to the um, success of the challenge, but also to the perception of the challenge. So that's something to keep in mind if people want to set up competitions like this in the future. First of all, do you have the bandwidth to support this over a prolonged period of time for a potentially very large uh, group of people? And secondly, how do you ensure that the way you evaluate the submissions uh, is as fair as it could possibly be? Far more complex than just a simple competition. And it sounds as if you learned a huge amount about the way you actually apply this kind of research. So what are the topics do you think will be really good candidates for this kind of approach? It's a good question. I mean, I'm obviously coming from a supply chain point of view. And most importantly, I mean, I, I run a research lab at MIT that focuses on last mile logistics. So most of the examples that I could think of are somewhat related to last mile delivery. This time we focus on routing. We could just as well think of maybe complex network design problems that could give rise to these things. But also if you think of inventory planning, uh, which sounds boring because it's a very old discipline, but actually now that we're seeing e-commerce going through the roof and people getting used to things like same day delivery more and more, suddenly inventory planning and inventory optimization becomes incredibly complex. So this could be another one where I would say this, this could be an interesting challenge for a future competition, but whatever it is, I think any kind of complex planning problem that is uh, heavily data-driven and computationally expensive. Um, so that you can't just solve simply with a simple uh, linear program, for instance, would be a suitable candidate for this type of uh, methodological approach but also for a potential challenge-based um, approach to finding new methods um, of solving this problem. Okay, so what about within MIT CTL? I mean, you, your work at the lab, you support a lot of different projects. Are there any projects that you're conducting now or would like to pursue within C CTL that you think could be supported by this kind of approach? I think a competition-based approach is most suitable for problems where you don't find a very vast body of academic literature yet. This is why we chose um, this kind of route planning approach as our first subject for uh, such a competition. Not because there's no literature on, on route planning or route optimization. Actually, there's been research on route optimization for, for decades, but the specific aspect of incorporating behavioral aspects. So basically trying to use data to understand human behavior better and then incorporate that understanding into your planning problem. That's what kind of sparked our interest in this in the first place. And that's why what also gave rise to us setting this up as a competition. And if you translate this into other fields, for instance, um, a very hot topic these days is sustainability. And sustainability in logistics 
can be viewed from a lot of different angles. So there's obviously an operational angle to it. So for instance, how do you plan uh, supply chains or distribution networks to be set up for more sustainable distribution? Or how do you uh, route vehicles in a more sustainable, more eco-friendly way? But actually there's yet another behavioral aspect to this, which is consumer behavior. Like um, how do we incentivize consumers to behave in a certain way that allows us to serve them in a more sustainable fashion. And that is again, something where there's plenty of data out there, but there's limitations to the way that we currently are able to model human behavior. And that might be something where again, a machine learning based approach, for instance, could be an interesting methodological approach that I believe hasn't been explored that extensively yet but also where a competition-based research approach could be fruitful because there's simply not much out there yet. I'm sure there's plenty of people around the globe who have started to think about this type of problem, but who probably haven't gotten far enough yet to really publish anything about this work. And very often the reason for people not yet publishing about it is that they're still lacking a suitable data set with which they can actually test their ideas. And that's, I think, one of the big advantages of a competition that we, we ran this time, that we don't only put the problem out there, we also put a big and suitable data set out there that keep, people can use to test their ideas. And that's what I mentioned earlier, right? This data set will hopefully live on for many years as kind of a benchmark set that people can use over and over again to test different ideas and to figure out which one works better and which one works worse. Um, and I think similar uh, approaches could be used for, for other supply chain and logistics problems that are in one way or the other affected by, by human behavior, human choices, and where we have readily available data that could be supplied as long as we find a corporate sponsor that is willing to supply that data. You mentioned that the data is going to be publicly available. When do you anticipate that might be available? So we're currently working on of a literature review paper that's going to be published in the European Journal of Operational Research. And as part of that review paper, we intend to actually make this data set publicly available. So obviously this is a peer-reviewed outlet. So the exact timeline is very hard to predict, but we actually hope to have something out there that people can access and work with moving forward, but definitely before the end of the year. Sure, that'll be a, a really uh, interesting resource and a much sought after resource as well. So, uh, Matthias, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated. And thanks for explaining this fascinating approach to research. Appreciate it. Sure, anytime. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this edition of MIT Supply Chain Frontiers. My name is Arthur Grau, Communications Officer for the Center. I invite you to visit us anytime at ctl.mit.edu or search for MIT Supply Chain Frontiers on your favorite listening platform. Until next time.